WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 816, you're listening to WGNS again on this Wednesday morning, today, June the 7th, and our guest in studio from the Murphy's Roll Police Department. And uh, starting off this morning, we'll head to Lieutenant Clayton Williams, and uh, good morning to you. Morning, Scott. So what's new? Uh, not, school's not out. School's, school's out. out. Yeah. For the summer. <laughs> you, you could do a whole song about that. Man, somebody should have thought of that. Yeah, that should have. That's right. Amy Denton also with us, and also Larry Flowers. So what's happening on y'all's end of stuff? have a few things going on this summer that we'll talk about, but um, mostly planning for fall. Larry, I know you've been busy. There's been shoplifting cases galore and even a car accident. Then also, I believe a, a murder took place as well several days ago. So a lot happening in your department for sure. You spoke of the uh, accident speed was a factor in that particular accident so we do want to encourage our residents as you're driving you know to be sure to uh, be mindful of the posted speed limit i do have to address this i was reading on facebook uh, there was a gentleman that commented about our officers are not out enforcing speed and that's the farthest thing from the truth the officers are out every day we have a specialized traffic division that goes around the city and uh, enforce traffic. We also team up with the Rutherford County Traffic Safety Task Force and have special operations. When we do those operations, we get criticized. When we don't do them, we get criticized. So um, that's the farthest thing from the truth. A gentleman mentioned something about, you know, our officers are sitting in the parking lot of Home Depot. Well, those officers are off duty working on their personal time being paid by an outside agency and not the city of Murfreesboro. So I uh, do want to um, you know, address those type of issues. But again, the uh, gentleman that, um, um, that was involved in the fatality, apparently uh, speed was a factor. He veered off the road, hit the rumble scripts, and then ended up his car going airborne and landed upside down in a ditch and caught fire. And uh, officers arrived. And once they got on the scene, uh, the flames were too intense. They couldn't just open the door. A fire extinguisher in the car would not have mattered because the flames were that intense. So our fire department came and did a great job of quickly extinguishing the flyer. The the driver was trapped in the vehicle. So uh, therefore, uh, once the flames were out, you know, it was determined that he was deceased at that moment. So... Again, we do want to encourage our residents to, you know, follow the rules of the road, including uh, the posted speed limit. And how often are police on the scene of things like fatal accidents? Because it does seem like there have been a lot of really bad accidents over the past year or so. Yeah, I don't don't know what number we're up to. Um, Typically, on a given year, fatalities people that actually uh, die as a result of injuries in, in car crashes it's usually somewhere between um, 6 and 11 that's what over the past I don't know exactly where we're trending at so far this year um, but I, yeah I, I think it's just becoming some of the ones we've had this year just they're a little bit more um, you know a car fire like this one Larry talked about that's 
that's not common for that to happen. I mean, they're building vehicles, you know, designing them to the point now where that's <laughs> trying to be prevented. But, um, you know, they're just, when that happens, it's just awful. Um, and it just complicates things. And, and you know, the, the outcome's usually not that, um, you know, not that survivable. And then, you know, we had the road rage cases earlier in the year, which were kind of unique and, um, you know, just... Uh, again i think the point that larry makes about speed and, and driving habits is is pivotal because a lot of these are preventable um and, and it's by action or you know inaction of drivers that uh, that these things are happening so this year is it is it hard to say there is one contributing factor to each accident you've seen are they all speed related or not wearing yeah. a seatbelt because it sounds like they're all over the place yeah with fatalities a lot of times it's sometimes you have a combination of things you know you, a lot of times you have to you have levels of intoxication you know whether it be drugs or alcohol uh inattentiveness and then combined with not wearing safety equipment a lot of times with seat belts um you know these things it, it each one is unique um and the, what starts the events from happening starts the events to happen that lead to that outcome uh, those are the ones that we try to find out the facts of and understand a little bit more about so we can um, you know accurately deal with those cases if there is some type of prosecution if there's somebody involved who contributed and responsible um, you know we want to make sure that we bring those people to justice as well and uh, you know i i know the city of murfreesboro recently approved new cameras for each car are those cameras sometimes collecting the evidence of these accidents i mean are some officers able to actually video some of these accidents because as often as they occur i'm sure they occur in front of police as well um you know when excuse me yeah the neat thing about them is they have a pre-record session so if if something's going on near the officer and even if the camera's not on right then if they're able to activate it, it it can go it has a 60 second retrieval time so uh, any criminal activity, whether it be an accident or something else that happens in their view, that they can activate that and turn it on. Yes, it can be captured on tape. Um, the major crashes, those haven't happened very often. I'm sure there's been several where folks see somebody rear end somebody or fail to yield at an intersection. And But uh, the fatalities, I don't know that we've ever caught one of those on video. So are, are the new in-car cameras different in, in the way you know they store their footage? There's store the audio compared to the older cameras that were once in the car yeah we uh we started out with if anybody i'm sure that somebody listening knows what a vhs tape is um but that's that's where it began you know it was just like uh, what you had in your home uh, it had a, a vcr in the back that uh put that on a tape and we kept those um for five years unless they were needed to be used for something we eventually moved over to uh a digital format where it was much like uh, maybe your home computer you might say where it had a hard drive where it would store that digital information made it less susceptible to be damaged also gave some more capacity and you didn't have to go and change a tape it could be offloaded into a server well now we've moved to this uh, time where everybody that has a smartphone understands that you know cloud storage what I got to pay for this cloud storage for my pictures you know well the same thing with um, these videos we found that the amount of data that comes in and trying to store that in-house or hardware uh, it, it just becomes a very expensive and laborious task to try to do that so the new cameras that we have uh, they offer cloud storage and that's something that we pay a subscription for so all that data is kept there off-site it's a direct upload 
<clears throat> from the machine to that server. Um, it's uh, CGIS compliant, which meaning it's uh, just like a lot of the, what the federal government uses to make sure that it's a secure and you know not going to be retrieved illegally or obtained illegally. And that way, when we're done with it, we can just have that purged and we don't have to maintain all those films and all those hard drives and all those things inside the department so that was a big win you know it and that's kind of the way of the future and um it was a huge investment of the city and, and we really appreciate our, our mayor and council being supportive of that and uh, now our video camera systems are synced up with our body camera systems and that just becomes a, a huge tool whenever we you know try to when we're being transparent and we're trying to answer requests about what's going on and when we're looking at incidents you know that that footage is extremely helpful to make sure that not only are we providing good service um, but are we following best practices and are we doing the things that we need to do um, and you know we we hold uh, ourselves accountable but also want to be accountable to the public in that and these tools is just another piece in the way that we do that and if i remember correctly the new body cameras those were approved and then they started implementing those late last year mm -hmm. early this year mm -hmm. as well and have those the footage from those already been used in different court cases uh, i would say like a lot of the you know the day-to-day -day, uh court cases that officers make i know detectives they have them as well so it's been something that they utilize um as far as specifics I can't recall a specific case, but yeah, that'll be something that is, you know, for from now on, um, that first-hand perspective, if somebody's sitting on a jury or if somebody's, um, uh, you know, presenting in court, they'll have that first-hand account of what it was like at the scene. So that's going to be, um, it, it'll again, great point, Scott. It'll, it'll be something that helps us prosecute cases as well and, and provides that insight to folks. And then how do some of the detectives wear it? If they're not wearing a uniform, they're wearing, let's say, a suit and tie. Sure. How do they go about wearing the body cam? Well, I don't know if you, I can't, we're not on TV. <laughs> so uh, it's on the belt. It's oh. like my, yeah, it's exactly, they can wear it on their belt. And uh, the way the lenses are made, it's as long as they're, you know, not standing right next to you within three to five feet, it has enough angle width to where it catches what's going on and catches audio from there as well so yeah they they have it with them on their belt so they can use it anytime even doing their follow-up activities they can use that maybe not on a hot crime scene but maybe going to do an interview later or going to try to locate somebody they want to talk to scott scott one if i can okay. jump in one of the things that a lot of people don't really uh realize is that these body cam also catches the good that these mm -hmm. officers do on a daily basis, the daily interaction they have with the residents of the city of Murfreesboro. For example, uh, Officer Terry Spence makes a, a traffic stop, a lady for speeding. She goes to the window, she admitted to speeding, knew exactly how fast she was going. So in that situation, you know, uh, a warning was issued, but there was a little kid in the back seat that just kept interrupting. Hey, officer, hey, officer. And the mom's like, be quiet, be quiet. And eventually, uh, Officer Spence went around to the window and and chatted with the kid, they high five, they arm wrestled, and the uh, little kid's like, I wanna be a police officer just like you. Mm -hmm. And it just warmed uh, Officer Spence's heart. He just had a heart-to-heart -heart talk with him. And, um, you know, there was a, we arrived to a fire scene at an apartment complex before the fire department. Uh, a resident had helped a resident out, uh, another uh, neighbor out, but left her in the door, heavy black smoke, you know, 
and she couldn't walk because she had a leg injury. Where one of our officers goes in, body cam rolling, gets her up off the floor and escorts her out to uh, to safety. It's those type things that, you know, um, our body cams are catching every day, these daily, daily positive interaction between the citizens of Murfreesboro and our police officers. And at what point are those cameras activated? Is it the second the lights are turned on, or do they have to manually turn on the camera when they go to talk to somebody? It, it actually can do both, um, depending on the scenario. If <clears throat> if they're in the car, and another reason that's why we wanted the in-car systems, if they activate um, the emergency equipment, on a certain phase uh it will go ahead and turn the body camera on um if um they can also have the ability to just manually uh turn it on as well so if they're in a situation where maybe they don't maybe they're out on foot and they get out or maybe the, the blue lights aren't on because at that time it's not needed they can do either and it's wild how you know it catches both the crime and then like larry was saying the, the positive moments out there that the public never sees yeah we're you know and that's something new and larry's in his department he's he catches all that firsthand that you know moving forward um that something that we're looking into is trying to provide more of those as larry says those everyday moments that people normally wouldn't get any attention because it's just men and women doing their jobs every day and uh, we want to make sure that when we see those things like that that we let the public and the citizens know this is the level of of professionalism that your department you know exemplifies on a daily basis again this morning we have guests from the murphy's bro police department and if you would like to ask any questions you can call them in or text them in 615-893-1450 again 615-893-1450 as our city continues to grow is there a list of certain crimes or offenses that take place on a regular basis that are the biggest problems for our city do you have like a you know i don't know an average this happens every day yeah i think you know when you look even outside just our city if you you look at trends nationwide i mean uh, just reading some articles this week big retailers are experiencing such large amounts of shrink of retail theft that a lot of them are looking at changing their business models uh changing their store setups changing um even closing some locations so murfreesboro is not unique in that situation i mean i know we we see a lot of those i know larry does a really good job we, we try to locate some of these suspects and bring them to justice if we can um, but it's becoming such a growing problem nationwide um, that it's just getting harder and harder and harder to keep up um, you know car break-ins uh, property crimes those things are um, are still fairly common uh, i think in to the future you know fraud cases based on the way people do business you know you know over the internet and virtually more um, that's going to be something of the future that is going to be a growing challenge um, with different innovations things like um, you know bitcoin blockchain some of these new payment methods and um, you know those are things that we look out on the horizon and try to uh, you know think about like hey you know how are we going to deal with this when it comes down the pike and you know we hope our partners with the district attorney's office legislators and everyone will you know do their best to keep up with some of these technologies and make sure that the laws and the provisions are able to serve people and help them in those times of need and when you look at things like shoplifting i know there was one recent case where uh, a couple went in and they stole like a thousand something dollars worth of candles then you have other cases where they steal thousands of dollars in clothing but how are they getting out of a store with all these candles or hands full of clothing what, yeah. what's happening 
you know they these the folks that are doing that i mean it's it's not your it's not your child taking a piece of gum from the store you know it's uh, people with intent to make those thefts and uh, depending on a lot of it is protocols of um you know different businesses how they handle that um and we're we get those calls and a lot of times they're already gone by the time we get there so we're working from the back end trying to track down and look at a video and identify someone and and, and try to catch them so a lot of times <clears throat> we're on the reactive side of that so uh, i think stores are starting like i said nationally it seems that they're starting to take a look at this and maybe see how they can do things different to help curtail some of that are these thieves from this area or are they traveling and then selling the goods they still online it varies case to case you do have some folks um that um, their motive is they'll go try to uh, break into a a car uh, close to the inner you know they'll they'll drive down the interstate and they'll try to you know pick particular businesses that happen to be located close to an owner or an off-ramp and they'll just travel an area and go um, look for things until they get done and and, and move on and, and they're just passing through and then others are um, locals you know a lot of our car break-ins at homes we see that being uh, juveniles a lot of times so they're they're local um, but it, it just depends and we see information old Larry gets it our detectives get it and Amy sees it bolos from our partners like Hendersonville Gallatin Nashville uh, Franklin Brentwood they're all seeing the same things and a lot of the people that are committing those crimes they do you know make a middle tennessee circuit so there's some they're landing somewhere in between there and then larry what are some of the more recent <clears throat> shoplifting cases that you've you know released information on or that uh, detectives may be working on right now there are quite a few uh scott and um trying to pull up a couple of that may have put out recently i know you had mentioned the one about the candles uh there have been a couple of uh incidents there at that uh uh bath and body works uh so you know um people are coming in going in bringing their own bags in most cases loading the bags up and then typically leaving the store so um you know these uh merchants these um employers you know typically as clayton mentioned sometimes have a policy where you don't chase those people and these thieves know that and that's where that's how mainly they get out and um you know go off and commit other crimes at other locations um clayton had mentioned earlier about car break-ins we do want to take an opportunity to you know with the school being out in summer months upon us you know car break-ins do tend to spike at this time and um we pulled some numbers as of last week so far from January to May, the end of May, there were 344 car break-ins within the city of Murfreesboro. If you take a look at 2022, there were 663. So we're already half, and we're only you know six months into the year. Um, in 2021, there were 666. So you know we do want to want to um, let our, our residents know to be sure you know to park smart and amy can jump in and talk about that you know locking your car yeah. and that type thing we see over and over on these videos from people's home security cameras um the would-be burglar or thief will pass by a car if the door doesn't readily open um, if it opens they'll jump in look in the console the glove box under the seats get whatever they want and they're out in a matter of you know, 10 15 seconds 
um, the simple act of just hitting the lock button, rolling your windows up, hitting the lock button. Um, we've seen over and over and over that your car will get bypassed at that point. Um, we have a few cases where they'll bust a window, but it's rare. Um, that causes noise, that sets off alarms, and they don't want to do that. So uh, they'll go into neighborhoods, uh, apartment complexes, parking lots where there's several cars to choose from. Glance in the window. If they see something sitting right there in plain view, they'll try the door. Um, if it opens, they'll grab it, and they're gone. Um, so the best thing is, you know, take your valuables out of your car, lock your car, and take your keys with you. Um, in addition to that, if you're at home, and I tell ladies this in the self-defense class, but it's good for everybody. When you get home, you know, hit the lock button, go in and put your key fob wherever you usually leave it. Then go back out to your car and see if it's too close. Um, you know, these key fobs, different ones have different ranges. And if your key fob is too close to your car, you may be actually leaving it unlocked when you think you lock it. So, you know, if you walk in the house and drop your purse right there on the counter, and your car is just outside the door it may still be too close so you know do a little do a little self-checking and see if your car is actually locked make sure the windows are rolled up um, you know look in your car and see what you see um, you know a lot of us get in and just throw a purse in the seat and throw a laptop in the back seat and go about our business and tend to forget what we've left laying out in the open um, so sometimes maybe look at your car and even your house through the eyes of somebody with ill intentions and just see what you see. Um, I, I know in nearby Nashville, the Metro Police Department, I think they reported just this past year, something like 1,700 guns were stolen out of cars. Mm -hmm. Are guns being left in cars here locally as well? And are you seeing a problem with gun thefts? I think that's everywhere. Um, you know, with constitutional carry, more people are carrying their guns with them. Um, and even before constitutional carry, we could carry guns in our vehicles. But I think people falsely think their, their, gun, their gun is secured in their console, and it's not. Um, so when I did neighborhood watch meetings, I would tell people um, at every meeting, you know, you don't want to wake up and be looking down the barrel of your own gun that they stole out of your mm -hmm. car and then brought in the house with them. Secure your weapon. Keep it with you, um, you know. It's a, it's a responsibility, and you have to keep up with it. And when it comes to home break-ins, are we seeing an increase of those as well, or is it mainly cars that people are looking for? I think it's cars. Yeah, it um, a lot of people have cameras on their houses, and people realize that. The ring doorbell cameras, all the, the blink cameras, mm -hmm. all this. Um, and I think people are more cognizant of locking their door at their house now. Um, but they forget their car. You know, they don't, they just don't think about it. Um, and, you know, and everybody's busy. Everybody's, you know, doing three things at once these days. Um, but, you know, if you, if you have kids, it's easy to forget to lock your car. But with summer months coming up, it's even more important to lock your car and make sure the kids don't get in there and lock themselves in. And then, then we have a whole other issue. Um, so locking your car is just, it just needs to be second nature. Now, with these ring and blink doorbell cameras that everybody has these days and cameras all outside of people's homes, because they're so cheap mm -hmm. right now, and, and the quality of the video is pretty good, but I'm sure it picks up a lot of other crimes as well, mm -hmm. such as domestic violence. H have you seen some court cases made up here locally based on what footage is caught on some of these cameras? 
I know um, uh, it was, gosh, it wasn't this year, it was last year. Um, we had an incident out on the east, northeast side of town, um, and it was something at first uh, we were looking at it as possibly a homicide. And um, it actually happened out, the event happened outside. Um, investigators, when they were doing a canvas and, you know, talking with neighbors, they were actually able to find that somebody had a, a camera and it actually caught that information, or excuse me, caught that event on on camera and they were able they were uh, provided it to uh, to us and and we were able to determine that it was actually a suicide not a homicide so um that's that's just one example of, of things and and that's another reason why that uh you know cameras are they're more and more not just on homes on businesses ever in public places i mean you're just seeing these things more and more and more and that's a tool that um you know we're looking to we em- embrace that and we're thankful to folks in in business and also in neighborhoods who share that information with us uh, when we're trying to determine and find out exactly what happened in some of these crimes. We're going to take a short break, but this morning we have guests from the Murfreesboro Police Department, Lieutenant Clayton Williams, Sergeant Amy Denton, and also Public Information Officer Larry Flowers, all in studio with us this morning. If you have any questions for them, feel free to text those in at 615-893-1450. If you have ever dreamed of relaxing by your very own koi pond, we can make that happen at Animal City. We carry a variety of products and livestock to make your dream come true. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level, complete with indoor pond and tons of furry cute critters. Animal City, your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. Adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand-in-hand, hand. nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
Right now that time, 8.44, you're listening to WGNS, and this morning we have guests from the Murfreesboro Police Department. We have with us today Lieutenant Clayton Williams, also Sergeant Amy Denton, and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers, again all from the MPD. The uh, click it or ticket that was recently held, the uh, I guess it was the Rutherford County Safety Traffic Safety Task Force, I can never get that right, but... <laughs> It's a bunch of words. Yes. yes. The task force on Memorial Day weekend, they were out in full force. So what occurred? Well, actually, we uh, went out and uh, assisted uh, what Tennessee Highway Safety Office uh, typically puts on the click it or ticket. So the Rutherford County Traffic Safety Task Force members, uh, Murfreesboro Police, Smyrna Police, and Tennessee Highway Patrol participated uh, uh, days before the Memorial Day weekend and a couple of days after. So... Uh, we do have the Murfreesboro numbers, not necessarily the THP or Smyrna numbers, but um, the main violation was, you know, the seatbelt use. Uh, we issued 52 citations with people just not wearing seatbelts. And you can just imagine the dangers that could cause if, if they were in an accident. Uh, 40 citations were issued for hands-free, people, you know, using their cell phones or talking on their phones. You know, of course, that's a distraction and, you know, could lead to an accident or, or, or an injury there. Um, ten people were cited for speeding. We had six people, and this is close to Amy's heart, six people where the child restraint seats weren't properly installed or not even used or the children were too small uh, to not be in a uh, child restraint. And so we issued six citations, six improper lane uses. Uh, and there were a lot of other uh, one move over law violation where you see officers beside the road, but the person failed not to uh, move over. People failing to yield, careless driving. We uh, issued one citation and, and people just disobeying traffic uh, lights or a stop sign for on that. And uh, as I mentioned, 189 citations were written over that, that week of click it or ticket. And so, um, we're out there. And then when you talk about tickets being written for a child restraint seat not even being used, so kids were literally just up in the car walking around, moving around? So the child passenger safety laws require a child to be in a restraint, a child restraint um, up to age four, and then in a booster up to age nine. Um, so you see parents caregivers i won't say just parents caregivers people that are transporting children they'll put a two-year-old in a booster and that just does not afford them the protection that their little bodies need in case of a crash even a low speed impact um so we um we have added technicians uh the trained technicians to the department in the past two or three years so several on the traffic task force now are child passenger safety technicians so they know what to look for and how to educate the parents right there on the side of the road um and so they'll most of the time if they just do it if they're on one of these special operations you know, they're going to get a citation, but they'll also talk to them about it. You know, we're connected with the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. We have seats we can give families that can't afford to buy one. Um, so our whole goal is just to keep these children safe. I, I, can't, um, I can't imagine putting a two-year-old in just a booster seat. You would be. Um, I have pictures on my phone that, <laughs> that some of these officers have taken of, of situations they found in vehicles. And um, it just, uh, the, the crash in... Um, um, it was back early May. 
north of Nashville where like six people died in a crash and I think four of them were children um, it just broke my heart because it was preventable um, you know people will put bicycle helmets on their kids they'll put elbow pads knee pads they'll wrap them in bubble wrap to put them on a scooter or a bicycle but then they'll put them in a car with an adult size seatbelt on them and take them down the road at 50 miles an hour um, and then seatbelt usage also it's important for everybody in the vehicle I and mean, we pay thousands more for vehicles now than we did 10 15 20 years ago and some of that money is for safety devices well the seatbelt is the first safety device because it holds you in place for all the other ones to protect you so if you're not in place the airbags don't protect you like they should the crumple zones don't protect you like they should um I think people tend to forget if the car is going 50 miles an hour, everything, including the bodies in the car, are going 50 miles an hour. So when the car suddenly stops, inside the bubble of the passenger compartment, it, it's not magic. It, everything in there doesn't stop because the outside of the car stops. You know, it's simple physics. A thing in motion stays in motion. So if your car stops, then you're going to have to hit something has to interact with you to stop your body. Um, and a seatbelt minimizes that movement um, and then we can get off into the whole impact of the organs against the skeletal system <laughs> you know so the less movement the body does the less movement the organs do so just wear your seatbelt it's just it's very simple and we've got a couple of questions here one dealing with covid funds we'll get to that one in just a second first let's take a phone call good morning you're on wgns yeah, you talking about all those safety features on a car. You got these used tire stores all over town. You can go over here and give $10 for a wore-out tire and have it put on your car. There should be some kind of law against that. And also, a good third of the cars, the windows are tinted too dark on them. You can't see inside. A good 10% of the cars have got their rear license plate covered up. And there's a certain, I don't want to refer to who they are, but there's a certain group of people now, young kids that's got their cars fixed where they'll backfire when they stop at a red light. And I just wonder if y'all was doing any kind of enforcement on any of that. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's a, you, you just listed a, a laundry list of items that are definitely on our radar. Um, you know, one of the things that, one of the, ill effects of uh, emissions testing going away uh, a lot of folks are not being checked now to their that the exhaust systems are complete and we've definitely noticed an uptick in some of the noise uh, we've actually uh, bought some uh, sound metering equipment and trained some people to um, be able to use that because of the way our city ordinance is structured to enforce that uh, so yes that's definitely something it's a it, it's a near and dear to our heart because it is a quality of life issue some of that noise and racket uh window tent again that's something we always look at um when we're stopping vehicles to make sure that they're in compliance and and uh and so we're aware of that and we we appreciate you uh affirming in that because we feel like it is something that's important to folks so if a, a car is too loud if it lacks an exhaust a muffler or something like that then they can get a ticket yeah they can be cited for yeah not a not as you said either not having a muffler or if it's if the exhaust is too loud 
And the question we had texted in just a second ago, ask about COVID funds, as uh, I know a lot of departments across the nation received money during COVID from the federal government. And specifically, I believe the money was used in a number of areas for law enforcement to use towards crime prevention. Did Murfreesboro receive any funds during COVID for crime prevention? Well, and it may be the choice of words. I mean, <clears throat> COVID funds and and harp and the violent crime grant; uh, those are two different. I mean, it's all coming. They're all both grant funded. I mean, uh, if to, to try to answer the question in COVID, I know we received a grant to uh, purchase some uh, PPE, personal protective equipment, to make sure that uh, us and our officers had enough gloves, masks, uh, sanitizing things like that. Uh, the violent crime grant uh, that they're talking that they may be referring to yes that is something that we've applied for and um, I think we're still in, in the process of that um, and and it is something that we want to put toward our program of looking at installing uh, fixed mount cameras I know we went to council on that <clears throat> and got the first level of approval and um, again there's a lot of moving pieces in that because of the funding source and what we're doing but yes uh, to answer the question that is something that we want to utilize it because it was made available to us to combat violent crime uh, another question here with constitutional carry is that open or concealed or either one so i guess they're asking what can you actually do with that either one um uh, the big thing is just make sure if you're going to a private business before you go in look at the door most of them will have it posted if private property can still prohibit you from bringing firearms inside those businesses so what what happens in those cases if somebody does go in with a firearm and the store owner calls the police about it yeah. so the first thing would be like hey either you know two choices just like a we would treat it just like we would a trespassing situation say hey if you want to be here you can't bring that in here um and, and the conversation ensue and, and usually that's all it would take has that happened here locally if it has it has not made to the level of where it, it raised an eyebrow i don't know that i can't think of one incident that we've had where we've had to go to something like that i'm not saying it doesn't have but i larry can you think of any of those we've got none has come across yeah. my desk and i yeah now over the past legislative session one of the bills that was passed is funding for school resource officers at every school and i know city of murfreesboro you guys already have police in the schools but will that money still be able to be utilized by the police department to help fund those sros you know that that's something that uh is still being explored though just like with those other grant funds uh, those would think be things that the city would would have to apply for as a whole um and determine that program uh, as you said right now we have sros in, in every school um and, and we're committed to that and we think you know school safety is of the highest importance um but as we look at um where we go in the future if if funding is a need that would help us to accomplish certain things that we feel like would improve upon our program then uh yeah, by all means we would explore that now i know we only have a few minutes left but a couple of years ago a new program was started and the focus of the program was on area apartment complexes and reducing crime at those complexes where does that stand today and has crime gone down at apartment complexes in the city great question um that particular program that was started it it was it, i don't want to say it was abandoned but it shifted um because it was uh, becoming too cumbersome, uh, I think, in, to get compliance from 
the apartment complexes because there was a lot of things that the only way it would work is it depended upon their um, action of doing some certain things. So we tried to modify that a little bit, and uh, we've actually got a position. It's one of Amy's counterparts, Sergeant Turner, who has kind of taken on that mantle of um, community um Crime prevention. Crime prevention. I was going to say community safety. I was like, that's not right. Uh, and so he works with not only apartment complexes, but uh, churches, businesses, uh, preschools, uh, groups, homeowners associations, uh, neighborhood watches, all those kind of things, those measures. So it takes a lot of those intended um, teachings that were learned out of that, that and, and things that we already brought to the table about preventing crime. And he looks at that and tailor, can tailor that specifically to uh, whatever that need is and what that organization is, whether it be a facility, whether it be a group. Um, and it, it, it's something that we know that's going to continue to grow. I think he's pretty much booked through the summer, if I understand. Uh, but, you know, if anybody's just uh, is interested in things like that, a neighborhood watch or – and I don't want to take Amy's uh, time here. She's she's <laughs> taken a lot of other roles on since she's been able to kind of split her, her job off of that. But, uh, yeah, anybody's interested in that would be – wanting more information about just safety for their their business their their neighborhood uh, things like that their church uh, please give us a call uh, you can call 615-849-2673 and ask for sergeant mike turner and uh, we'll be glad to help any way we can and back when that was started it was getting to where it seemed like there was such an increase in crime at local apartments that included everything from drug deals to auto break-ins and even murder mm-hmm. uh, have those kind of calmed down a little bit or are we still seeing a, a lot of high numbers in apartments uh, you know i still th- i think we still have crimes that occur in some of those same apartment complexes and <clears throat> it's just uh you know a lot of activity a lot of people coming in and out in residence changing excuse me uh that maybe are new to the area or maybe they come to this area short term and uh to you know engage in those kind of activities you know maybe if wherever they're coming from that's that's part of what they were doing before um but you know we 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 look at that at just like everything else if if that's a trend in the particular area that we're having problems with then that's something that we're we're going to deploy resources and kind of focus our efforts on to try to watch to try to keep an eye on to try to identify who's not just the apartment complex but who's responsible for these things who are who are the ones that are involved in these activities and then that's the people that we're going to try to you know bring to justice and and find out is some of the crime here locally tied to gangs i do think uh you know we have a gang unit here uh anytime you have a city of this size the potential for that for folks that are disenfranchised that are looking for something to be a part of and and that criminal element the enticement of of kind of being outside the law i think is a is a real threat um you know and that's why we have people dedicated to that to kind of keep up and monitor uh those situations and and i think it's just like any other criminal element sometimes it just those folks they're formed around um their intent to commit crimes and, and and do things like that so um, we always look at that motivation when we're looking at crimes, if that's something that that is uh, played a part. Again, guests today from the Murphy's Roll Police Department include Lieutenant Clayton Williams, Sergeant Amy Denton, and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. Once more, all from the Murphy's Roll Police Department. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Scott. Time right now, 9 o'clock. You're listening to WGNS. We have more news and information coming up.